Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey Neat, Spirited Conversations with Interesting People. I'm your host, Christopher Hart. And this week, we sit down with Steve Stanley, which he's been here a couple times, I think, but behind the camera. Steve is with Beam Centauri. Uh, Beam has been on the show a few times. We've had uh, Bill Samuels from Makers, legend in the industry. Fred No from Beam, legend in the industry. And today we have another legend, legend of the industry, and that's Kathleen D. Benedetto. Kathleen is uh, a what the fourth or fifth woman ever inducted into the Bourbon Hall of Fame, and has been the reason the she was the person slinging the small batch series from Beam back in '92 when it first came out. You're talking about your Knob Creeks, your Bookers, your Bakers. Actually, Bookers came out before that. But um, Basil Hayden's the whole the whole nine yards. Kathleen is a utter legend, and has been working with Beam for a very long time. So it was an honor to have her on the show. Um, this week's episode, as always, is sponsored by our loving folks over at Highland Park and uh, McAllen, the McAllen. We have a new sponsor coming up next week. Our next episode is the episode with TJ Miller. So by the time you're watching this, you're one week away from a couple of new sponsors and, of course, the ever-hilarious TJ Miller. Uh, super excited about that. Uh, when will this air? This week or next week? Next week. Yeah. So it's too – yeah. So next week it'll air. Um the Whiskey Social will be happening this week, so this will air on Friday. That means the Whiskey Social is is tomorrow. Get your tickets today for the Houston Whiskey Social at HoustonWhiskeySocial.com. We're looking at you know a thousand plus people, four hundred plus spirits, wine, whiskey, the whole nine yards, and uh, just Houston's big event. It's it's a great sampling event. You can try stuff. You can buy stuff. You, I mean, it's it's everything you've ever wanted to do getting into whiskey. Are you coming, by the way? Yeah. Yeah? Did you go last year? I did not. I didn't no. I'm mm. bringing friends this year. You better come this year. Um, so the it every year it gets bigger. Every year it gets crazier. Uh, it is, is awesome. So without further ado, uh, Kathleen D. Benedetto and Steve Stanley from Beam Bourbon. Cheers. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks. I'll give you. I love the. I love the formal Thank introductions. You. Although I know Steve, I've known Steve for a couple of years yeah. now. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's start. Let's. Where do you, where do we start? I, I I could use a drink. Well, I thought we Houston's should... smoggy right now. I don't know if you heard <laughs> the whole thing. We're on well, fire. I, heard, I, I took a picture of of the fire and I sent it home to Chicago. It's crazy because it I couldn't believe it. I thought there were storm clouds coming in, and Steve said, "No, it's a fire. Yeah, that's, it's that's, a fire. That's smoke. It's not yeah. storm." What's right. weird too is is. Uh, I have, my mother was like, "We should, we should evacuate." I said, "What do you mean evacuate? Look up. The entire city's covered. <laughs> when it finally rains, we're going to lose a lot of vegetal vegetal matter, like the trees, grass. Something, something's going to happen." Well, wait a minute. It may all start growing really pretty. You never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who it knows what's the, in it? Maybe the opposite. <laughs> it, it could be mutantly large. Yeah. So we're going to start off with uh, Basil Hayden. Sure. Um. So Basil Hayden is one of the original small batch bourbons, and uh, and a direct reference to. Old Granddad? Uh, it is a direct reference. This is Old Granddad. He was a gentleman who uh, moved from the East, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. Virginia. He had made rye whiskey out there and then moved east, uh, I'm sorry, west to Kentucky. Now, oddly enough, he started the Catholic Church in Kentucky, which I thought was interesting. It's I didn't one know of that. the largest 
Catholic settlements, um, especially Bardstown, has the one basilica, um, St. Joe's, I believe. Wow. So let's start with a little bit sure. of that. This is actually, and, and I kind of mentioned this briefly before we started recording, but yes. Basil Hayden's is a is a great introduction for most people into the into the uh, would you say luxury bourbon category? I um, mean, it's got the it's definitely got the look for it. But when I first got into yeah. whiskey, basil was like the first thing I kind of like. Okay, this looks nice. It's gorgeous. Oops. Interesting label. You know, it's interesting that you say luxury bourbon because I worked on this business from 1992 on, and when we first introduced this, it was the 90s. And it was the age of vodka. Sure. Remember the world's yeah, early, best tasting vodka, right? Er, earlier, uh, the mid-2000s is like where it just fell apart completely, which I, I keep, know. people keep talking about bourbon hitting a boom. I don't think we're heading in that direction. We, we've got a great foundation. Bourbon in general, I think, is mm -hmm. very well grounded and not a bubble the way vodka was. Vodka is just crazy the way that it got. Donut flavored this and spicy that. Oh, and it was crazy. But at the time, this whiskey... Uh, was very difficult to sell because of the shape of the bottle. It was a wine bottle. And we take it into research and people would say, that's rot gut. That's what I would put in a paper bag. Oh, because they thought it was they, a they, cheaper... It did not fit their vision of what luxury, luxury was. was yeah. and, and Booker was the kind of guy who uh, didn't care what people thought. I mean, you probably... Got that sense sure. from Fred. Oh, yeah. Fred could give two – I mean, two, <laughs> two nothings. Honestly, so the idea is is that Booker started bottling in wine bottles because this was the bottle he could get for the best price. And he was all about value. Oh, dude, the Booker's bottle is gorgeous. I think it's always been gorgeous. This was another difficult bottle it's, in it's, research. People would say, it's wine bottle. It's like a wino would drink that stuff. And it wasn't until – and Booker loved that because it took somebody who knew what they were talking about to like it at, at that time. I mean, this was a horrible time. Now, tell me about your background in, in bourbon so I, I know what I'm, I'm so uh, understanding. So I, I got into scotch uh, about 10 years ago with my wife. Um, oh, cool. Through a th th my, the people on the show have heard this story, but I my father-in-law was not very – he didn't like me very much. But oh. I knew he was a scotch drinker. We weren't married at the time. We were just dating. Oh, of course. So I get it. <laughs> and uh, I've got three daughters. I'm I'm right there. Um, but so I, I bought a bottle of scotch to kind of, you yeah. know, and it believe it or not, it was a bean product. It was Laphroaig. Laphroaig oh, was wow. the first ever. Uh, I didn't know that there was peated, unpeated. So Wow, that's a, that's a tough one he to throw start you out with. of the house? I threw it because yeah, – No, <laughs> no he actually, probably invited you in. So Either one, yeah. This was at Christmas. Man. I always forget if it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving because it became a tradition. Yeah. It, every Thanksgiving and every Christmas, we'd get the family together and all the men would get together have cigars and Lafroy. Oh, wow. So it's something that we still try to, to make happen at least once a year. And um, that was my start. I felt bourbon was very yeah. boring. It was like a very – Narrow flavor okay. profile versus scotch where you can go sherry and this oh, yeah. and that. And so uh, I started getting into bourbon and I started going to these whiskey festivals. So then mm -hmm. I started my own whiskey festival and uh, the Houston Whiskey Social, which is next Saturday. And um, we have the Houston Bourbon Society, which can be a hot mess as well. <laughs> uh, it's 5,400 members now. Uh, we, we see about 80 new people a week and we started buying barrels and get, I mean, it just became this obsession. Anyone that's ever gotten to this hobby, you find yourself jumping in feet first pretty quickly, right? So I love that. Uh, I am huge fans of you guys. We, we bought our first barrel from you, you guys. Uh, it was a Knob Creek. So our festival, one of the things that's different about our festival is we buy a barrel of bourbon every year for it. And 
that may happen in other states, but it doesn't happen in Texas. Yeah. So our first one was a barrel of Knob Creek. Um, last year we did a barrel of Four Roses. This year we, we, and then our group itself buys about 30 barrels a year. So, so we're, it's become this local Houston's doing very, very well in terms of, and we've got actually got a, uh, we took a Knob Creek barrel that we had did a pick on, filled it full of beer. Uh, and aged it, and now it's going to be come out recently. Where it's coming out in two weeks. We did a beer release. It's coming out in two weeks, and it's uh, Knob Creek 1792 and Russell's Barrels oh, barrel aged stout with coconut yeah. and vanilla bean, and it's wow. killer. So uh, wow. we're we're huge fans. So oh, having I'm you on so the glad. show, it, 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 he called me. He said, "Hey, uh, would you be interested?" I was like, "Oh, I know who she is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I know who she is." First, we, first thing he said. Yeah, yeah I, I very Thank much would you. love to have you on the show. I got oh. Kathleen's batch. Is what he said. Oh yeah, well, no, I'm I'm glad to be here. Uh, here's to you, yeah, my no, friend. Absolutely. Here's to you. Thanks for coming, Steve. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. Steve, Thanks my... for coming down. No, I mean, it. if anyone's paying attention, we've had three NASA employees on the show and two Bourbon Hall of Famers. So I'll take really? it. Really awesome. So, That's true. Um, tell me about your barrel experience. I've always found it interesting. I mean, I, I did this with bookers where I was able to somewhat select sure. because there is a panel that truly selects in the end. Sure. I can sway it in my direction if I'm pleasant enough. But um, when you bought your Knob Creek barrel, how many barrels did you go through until you found the one you wanted? Good question. So the first one we did, we did in market um, mm-hmm. at a restaurant. We did f- three or four samples. Okay. And uh we I think we've rejected two batches of samples a couple times okay. and got new ones in. Uh but we've also participated in other stores. So since our group has grown, mm-hmm. not only are we doing our own barrels, but now we have stores who see that yeah, barrels the value. Are, yeah, yeah. So they've started doing their own barrels and so you have not just NASA, you've got uh you know the uh, uh the Blind Pig, Flax Liquor, all these stores are starting to just snatch up barrels left and right That's awesome. because they're, they're so fun. They're so unique. They're so interesting. And you guys send in this beautiful wooden box that weighs 50 pounds. And, and <laughs> It is an awesome pack. Yeah, it's an awesome pack. And I've, I've talked about this on the show. One of my favorite parts about the experience is just having these little samples of these unique one-off barrels. Yeah. Even if you didn't get that barrel – uh, you still you, you've got a little you got a little treat from it, right? Yeah. A little taste little hundred ml. Yeah, yeah. I, I find it always interesting that people they they go through the process and they select what they want, and then they realize at the end of the day there's only ten cases. There's five cases in that barrel or whatever. Oh yeah, we had one of those, and that's so disappointing in some levels. And but it's so rare in others. Mm. We did a barrel that had seventy two bottles in it, and we we oh needed a hundred for the event. Oh, so we no. we were kind of like oh crap so. But I still think it's the rarity. It, oh, well, sure. then you know it's the real thing, right? Sure. They can't. Mm-hmm. You can't fake that, right? Well, and 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 look what it all came from. I mean, like I you know. said, ninety two. You guys released the line, and it's been. Uh, you know, the, the one thing. I, can I ask a? This isn't a, a critical note, but sure. Why is Baker's not talked about as much? It seems like everything's got a focus except Baker's, and it's yeah. it's good. Baker's uh, is a wonderful whiskey, and when I. Did those? I don't know if you were. You're probably still like super young, so you probably weren't I'm around 17. in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you've just you just turned 21. So I understand this, but um, in the '90s we had these Kentucky Bourbon Circle tastings, and every time at the end of the tasting we'd ask, "What's your favorite whiskey?" and we'd go by brand. And Baker's was always one of the top winners, and 
I, I don't understand why it never took off the way it should have. Well, there's not a lot of, and, and the way I understand things, I just realized my laptop's still on. Um, the way I understand things is a lot of times the marketing departments will have like a focus item. You guys put a lot of thought behind the Knob Creek branding. Um, the Bakers, is, or not Bakers, but Bookers has gotten a lot of revamping. There's been no revamping of the of, of Bakers, right? I mean, we, it's we been revamped, pretty much. But just so you know, the small batch had no funding. We did this on our own. It was a labor of love that Booker loved. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. And it's so it wasn't success. like we said, we want to make Knob Creek the king. Knob Creek took off on its own. We don't know why it did. We just know that we believe well, it was the price, shape of the... and it's a great bottle. It was the great shape of the package. I think that helped at the time because in the 90s, mid-90s, it was 96 when it started going up. And they're like, okay, well, you need to do more of what you're doing on Knob Creek. I'm like, I'm not doing anything on Knob Creek. We're doing it's tastings. Because back right. then you were a rep, right? You were you were preaching was, a good word across the country. It was I was half and half. I worked marketing half, and the other half I had to sell, because Booker felt that if you worked on his business, you needed to know what it was like. Not only how, how the people experience the brands in Kentucky, whether it's how you make it, but how people experience the brands in the field. Um, he's a, very much a purist, and you probably get that out of Fred as well. They they are not. They believe in in keeping things simple. Oh yeah, I was about to say very simple. Very simple. I hate to say simple-minded. That's not what I mean, but no, but just kind right. of like you know, it's and things don't have to don't overcomplicate things, right? right. And, and be truthful. Um, and so I would tell you, all of these took off on their own. And when Baker's won, I think it was um, International Wine and Spirits Festival. Baker's won Whiskey of the Year. It was maybe mid two thousands. Maybe it was closer to two thousand ten or something. I'm like, yes. This brand is that good. Now, we had changed the package once. Um, we added wax on the neck. Mm -hmm. If you saw the original Baker's, it was a label that was this color that just had Baker's on it. It was sure. very, very Simple. plain. And and we realized that was a problem. So we changed the package once. That didn't change it. I think they're looking at doing something new with Baker's. In an effort, I don't even remember the price. What's the price point on Bakers? It's been a while. It's a little bit above. Um, you're going to have to answer that one, Steve. Yeah, because it's I'm from be Chicago. Around the Forty dollar range. Yeah, I mean, and you're talking. And what's the proof on it? It's it's above one hundred seven, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, th think seven about years, think about other one oh, you know, one oh sevens that are very well known and popular. Buffalo Traces, um, Bakers for forty five bucks, one hundred seven proof. Like, yeah, it, I don't, I don't understand why it's not. Um, as do you guys, well, maybe maybe incorporate it in your barrel program. Maybe that would revive the brand. You know what? That that is a great idea. And if that, you guys offered a one hundred seven proof pick of of Baker's, you heard heard it here first. If it happens, they took my idea. <laughs> but but I will tell you, um, we 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 make seven years in advance, or seven to nine to twelve years in advance. And so a lot of the reason why maybe Baker's hasn't taken off as much as maybe we wanted it to is we didn't plan for that. Sure. You watch the trajectory of brands and you start putting away what you need to put away, what you think you need to put away, and you hope to God you got it right. In this case, we didn't always get it right on Knob Creek. We went out of stock twice. Hopefully, we're not out of stock now. Well, not you right guys now. are killing it right now, too, though. You guys are Booker's, doing over 1,000 barrels a year in, in the barrel program. Which That's is crazy. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But, I mean, when we worked on the brand, I would sit in meetings and they'd say, Kathleen, are you going to make your number this year? And I never, ever made my number. Sure. And so it's wonderful to see that it's doing well. Booker's, I think we have an issue with now. 
because these all right are distilled at different proofs. <laughs> and an issue with overselling or underselling? I mean, we we don't have enough. Oh, sure. Because everything is distilled to proof. No water can ever be added to Booker's. Sure. So, um, and and that is a hard and fast rule. There is it's filtered through a mesh screen, and sometimes you can lift up the bottle, and you'll see what's called mare's tail. You know. Uh, Highland Hayes. Yeah, you'll see the the the, the, the char. The, yeah, the char will just go inside, and Booker would always look for those, and then he'd always. He liked it. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then he knew it was real. He knew it was whiskey, the, the style of pre-prohibition style. Yeah, straight from the barrel. And then he'd always check the proof by checking the bead. If the bead went away quickly, it was high proof. You know, the the bubbles at the sure. bottom. If they held, it was bottled in bond. See how this held? Sure. And that did not hold. And then you can tell the lower proof as well. This is open. Let's not do that, do Kath. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's going to react the same because this is not yeah. a bourbon. Yeah. But um, so it's interesting. Sure. The way he would Those always old show us. tricks, yeah. Oh, he would always do that. He'd sit in tastings and it, it, we could everyone could be having a conversation. He'd just sit there behind the desk and go. Just just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this much. Uh, what? The, the nose on that basil is classic great bourbon like i i i oh, give i give it a little hard time for the 80 proof thing but i think you were going to elaborate more on the choice to make it all 80 proof for every basil hayden's but the I, the nose on it is incredible um such a huge fan of i mean i can't tell you how i, I think knob creek so I, I do a lot of things around the city but one of the things i do is i'll do private tastings for people I love someone that. will say hey Mm-hmm. We want to have a bourbon tasting at this conference or whatever. And I always incorporate like there's like all there's certain brands you always have to incorporate. Mm-hmm. If you don't incorporate Knob Creek, the 120 proof or even the hundred proof at right. at a tasting, their perception of a lot of these guys, like I'd say the average consumer, maybe a little less than the average consumer, they're they don't know what bourbon is until you put Knob Creek in a glass. And that's and I'm not trying to blow smoke up your your butts, but I absolutely love Knob yeah. Creek. And I think the one twenty proof is just such a classic example of this what Kentucky bourbon Yes. Yeah, it's, it's it's well it's it's a classic Kentucky bourbon. Like it's only been around what well, we're coming up on thirty years almost. Yep. Twenty eight, twenty twenty eight years maybe. Yeah. It's twenty eight years since I started it's been around thir- and the label designs that you guys keep changing it. There's well, no, there this, new is label. A, this is the first time yeah. we've changed it's a brand it. Brand name. Well no, I thought you guys have changed it several times. Because it used Knob to have Creek? A, yeah, it used to have an it used to have an H statement on it. Oh well yeah, I mean but like yeah. an overhaul of the Oh sure, of the a complete look. redesign. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I no, mean no. the old um, I like this. It's got kind of a paper medicinal look. Like so, an old medicine bottle. When I sit at my desk and and I am having a rough day. I. You're doing it wrong. You're supposed care. to drink it. <laughs> You've had no, a rough day. I, well, you, can't, <laughs> you can't drink it. I when mean, I have a rough day, I don't smell desk. things. I drink things. <laughs> no, but you know what it does? And I don't know if you get this way. Like if you just pick this up and you smell it, it takes you. There. There. Mm-hmm. It takes you to a place mentally where you are it able to relax. Reminds me of the Rick House. Yes. Exactly. When and I smell it, bourbon, it reminds me of the Rick House. Every time I mash. smell knob or bookers, I'm and I if I close my eyes, I am back. Mojo's. I am back in the Rick House. Exactly. Tasting barrels. That's yeah. what that, that is. Well the, there's that moisture in the air, yeah. that mash that you the grain you smell. Cheers. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. I know we've kind of jumped all over, so let, let's do this. Let's, let's go back. Yeah, let's back up. Let's, let's talk about ba- – let's finish Basil Hayden's, okay. and then mm-hmm. I want to talk about this redesign. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I finished that a little bit yeah. so I could have some. Yeah, I'll take a little <laughs> touch more. Yeah. Sorry. I was – I was. Uh, I'm used to 
pouring a quarter ounce. This is what we do. Sure. Okay. So Basil Hayden's, um, the whole premise for this small batch collection was the idea that we wanted to have whiskey the way it used to be, the way it was meant to be. And it was representative of different recipes and different styles. And obviously Basil Hayden's was named for uh, the original Mr. Old Granddad, um, Mr. Basil Hayden, who came over from Maryland, uh, Pennsylvania. That, that area was undefined as such. And he made whiskey with a higher percentage of rye. Now, the choice to come in at 80 proof on this was simply a decision. Sure. It wasn't based in historical fact where Knob Creek, the whole idea of 100 proof really was based in this, um, you know, early 20th century style of bottled and bond, although this is not bottled and bond. This is not from the same season. And so we have a mixture of different ages, ages in yeah. here. So we can't call it bottled and bond. Someday I hope we can. Uh, I really would like to see a bottled and bond for Knob Creek. Uh, I think bottled bond is special. But Basil Hayden was really the, the accessible whiskey. It was the whiskey that was going to be for, um, and I don't mean to say this, do not judge me, but the bourbon virgin, those sure. who are new to bourbon. No, no judgment here, first of all. And if you like, <laughs> if you like Canadian whiskey. Sure. This was the brand that you could most easily yeah, get into. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And so when we do the tastings, again, back in the 90s, we <clears> would say um, Baker's was the cognac style because it had this beautiful round taste it was on the top. very viscous. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it felt different. It felt like ice cream with fat versus ice cream that is fat free. It just rolled differently. <clears> and I loved that. Where Basil Hayden was very light and easy. And so he said, if you're just stepping into bourbon, this was the easiest way it's the front to door, get it. Right. But yet it's a good way to put it. Front it door. still is extra aged. So you still have the caramel, you have the vanilla. Oh yeah, like I said, it smells incredible. I mean it, it right. if you're trying to I, I like sorry to interrupt you, but no, I I like to if you're giving someone, let's say, a flight of, of yeah. what Beam has to offer mm-hmm. uh, and you go through and you you always do low proof to high proof, you work your way up. You know, if you do the the Basil Haydens, the Knob Creek, the Bakers, then the Bookers. You've got the spectrum of mouthfeel, spectrum of flavor. Yes. It's the front door versus the atrium versus the living room the versus the bedroom. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, the jammies. You mean the, yeah, the bourbon yeah. that you wear your jammies? Yeah, the, the bedside bottle. I mean, it's it's the it's you're watching you're, you're watching yeah you're watching TV at home. You know, you catch it up on the latest Netflix documentary and you look over and you've got this bold, high proof beast. That. And uh, I, I I I'm with you there. And you and guys have special. kind of. Not only I wouldn't say that you've redesigned the packaging; it's more like you've added more to the Basil's portfolio. Yeah, so we we have experimented more with Basil Hayden's um, than perhaps we have with the other brands because it has lent itself that way. The other element that we've brought into this is uh, Fred No's son, Little Fred, who is known as Fred No as well. Sure. It's hard, so I call him Little Fred, and then there's Big. Does Fred. anyone call him Freddy or just Little Fred? Uh, I think his father calls him Freddie, but I think Fred is little. Freddie wants to be known as Fred, sure, as he should. Yeah, you're you a know? big boy. He's, yeah. he's like, I'm going to be thirty. I should be called Fred. My my little brother, his name is Jay. We've always called him JJ, and he doesn't. Now that he's an adult, he's like, call me Jay. I'm like, oh, he says it to you. I'm like, all right, JJ. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the thing that has added value is little Fred has an extraordinary nose, and if you ever have him on here. He is literally our global innovation center. He uh, worked there for 
shifts as he's training to be master distiller. Sure. They could not believe his nose. In fact, they thought he couldn't. It couldn't be true. Uh, they thought he might be cheating. Sure. Looking at some of the brands, he could tell uh, different brands without by just smelling, and it was extraordinary. And so he has this talent, like Booker does, with blending. So he has a lot of uh, fun looking at what the future of bourbon could be or the future of American whiskey. I wouldn't say bourbon because we, we brought in American whiskey here. Sure. So I, well, actually, it's a North American whiskey. I can't say it's American because we include some Canadian there. Sure. So, can, uh, can I see that bottle? Yeah, sure. Is this similar to your dark Alberta dark batch? Or is it a it similar process? It includes some Alberta dark batch. So they started with the um, the rye, at least 51% rye, American straight rye whiskey. Sure. Then we added in a bit of the Alberta whiskey, which is 100% rye. It is one of the only, only a few, oh, I think we are the only distiller of 100% uh, rye. And then we add a bit of port. So as you know, with Canadian whiskey, you can add up to 9% of flavor on the back end. And we've chosen to uh, use port. Uh, and I I had someone taste this. I don't think I've had this yet. You got to try. It. But I I remember and I, I I'm I've always been a fan of the dark batch. Yes. Uh, it, to me, it reminds me of uh, like a biscuity yeast roll, like a mm -hmm. like a dinner roll. Yeah. Uh, and that's got a little dash of old granddad in it too, right? Yeah, I think four yeah, percent yeah. or something. Yes, it does. It has a little bit of um, what is it, nine nine and nine or. That's something. That's another brand that I think is kind of mm, quiet. Like gone. like a, a lot of people aren't. Is it is it gone? It's not yeah. like oh I didn't know that. There's a lot of like these little What's gems. It's called that... in Canada. Uh, dark Dark Horse. Dark Horse. It's dark called Dark Horse, Horse. and it does very well Canada. up in Canada. Yeah, Canada's huge. But oh, it's yeah. it's hard. Canadian whiskey in the U.S. is really a hard category. And I'll tell you why. We're not ready. Yeah, for it. I, I, historically, and I've said this on the show a few times about yeah, um, Armagnac and about yeah. uh, Canadian is it's historically been kind of a boring category, uh, whether it's the yeah. constant cut and prove for just no innovation, no changing. And now you're seeing a lot of brands innovate and change and blend and this and that. Yeah. I mean, uh, can we talk a little bit about Legion today when we get a chance? Sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's just now you're seeing this awakening in, in the American bourbon drinker. And as well, almost all the producers are putting a ton of effort behind just mm -hmm. seeing what you can do. Uh, and so there's a lot of brands innovation. I think were before their time. Dark Batch I think was a little before yes. its time. And it was right before what we are now because I think it came out like five years ago or something. Yeah, it was a while Probably ago. Probably was about five years, yeah. And and, and it, things are much different now than they were five years ago. And it's something that I always thought for, what, I think I paid 28 bucks. Yeah, it was around 30 yeah, bucks. Yeah, it's a freaking solid, bucks, yeah. solid whiskey. Yeah. So like this, the, yeah, the darker one, that is the dark rye. And so I, I hope you like it. I do think it had, adds a new level of complexity. If I don't, can we still be friends? <laughs> I'll drink it. It's okay. Because not everything is going to appeal to everyone. And we were talking about that earlier mm -hmm. in that I appreciate Laphroaig, but I can't say it's something that I – that's my go-to cocktail. But I sure. love the history. When I taste it, you know we've got oh, 2,000 years yeah. worth of history. I'm tasting the, the, the ground that William Wallace walked on. It's crazy that you'd even say that. I, I've talked about that, that when, when it comes to peated whiskey – yeah, it you're it takes thousands of years to what you're tasting in your glass took yeah. because it takes so long for peat yes. to develop. It's such a historical and it's a unique thing. You can't have it always. I totally get it. Yeah. Um. What's 
This is 80 proof. Yeah, it kind of drinks a little higher proof. I I get a little spice in there. I think it's because you've got a good percentage of 100% rye whiskey in there. And if you know rye whiskey, that finish is an intense finish. It is something that you have to work towards. Now, I do think the port has added another dimension. Now, whether you like that sweetness. the biscuity notes. Those biscuit notes. I'm going to pull myself. Yeah. I just want to try it. I'm so sorry. I didn't finish this one. We've got an empty one here. Yeah, port in there. I was going to say, you can dump it all in here if you want to. Don't no, gotta no, go. you gotta keep drinking, oh, and you I'm are not going to gonna be mixing it. No, I'm, I'm good. He's a he's a master blender. <laughs> Honestly, we bring front on here and the, do a little blending. There was actually an experiment that was done last night. So we had uh, a local guy who's a bit of a yeah. controversial character, okay. but he had an idea of uh, trying to recreate finished whiskeys on a smaller scale directly in the bottle, oh. and see if he could do it for cheaper than what the producers do it for. Sure. And then blind test everyone. So he he invited a bunch of people over last yeah. night, and we tasted, you know, two samples. One sample is a commercial offering, uh, unadulterated, or or it's already finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is uh, his taking a regular Kentucky bourbon and then adding a little whatever it is. So Sherry if he wants to port, or, or yeah. I think he did a port finish, a brandy finish, and a. Uh, Curacao, which is just really bizarre. Yeah. But uh, the first one was Angel's Envy Uh uh, versus his old granddad with a little port added to it. So tell me uh, what it, what happened? It did, it won. So are you serious? Yeah, so it it, it, it it the but you can't compare. I mean, Angel's Envy's recipe is still very different than Old Granddad. Like sure. Night and day. Sure. But that said, I think that's a cool experiment. It's, it's a cool Everybody little thing to kind of see, you know. And if, if anything, it gets a, a bunch of people around a table just to talk and understand things a little better. So I love that. Um, it was fun. I don't know what his cost. Yeah, you know, we didn't get cost net, but we were just blind taste testing. But um, I love this. So I like it too. I asked Steve to bring. It reminds this me long. of an after di- after dinner pour, doesn't it? Yeah, like a it little is. digestive. But it it's is something that I can me. sip straight, and we we talked about this earlier as well. Like the bookers, I'll put it on ice. I want it on a lot of ice, and I want to just let it sit. But this, I want to drink it straight. What'd you call the tail thing? Mare's tail. Mare's tail. I've never heard that. Like the horse's tail. Sure. It's a, a Booker thing. Well, it's Bookerism. Bookerism. When you when you throw ice in the in the in a Booker's, you see the uh, that that the way it melts and marries the oils blend and oh, I love that's that. what I think. That is so cool. Yeah. It is it is nice, but then it makes me sad that I realize I'm I'm. You know, busting it up, busting it up. Oh, I'm, you, I'm, listen, you drink how you, you like. The, <laughs> screw all the snobs. Oh, Amen. God's yeah. ears. That, like that, that is an evolved man, isn't it? Drink, drink what you like. All right, all right. So, so now that's our Basil Hayden. So that Basil Hayden did. We just did come out with one that I want you to try when when you have a chance. The two by two here. is that what it's called? No, the ten year. Did you get the ten? The black. The black's a ten year. Yes. Right. Yes. The ten years. Is extraordinary. Now, if you yeah. remember, the, you know, the, there's been a lot of marketing decisions one way with yeah. Beam over the last couple of years, and then a, maybe a retraction and a change here and there, depending <laughs> on the decision. Yeah. I think there were rumors of them discontinuing something and making it a cash strength basil offering. Do you remember that? There was something, and I'm it's, it's blanking me at the moment, there was something that you guys made. To make it a cask strength. The the, the rumor was you were going to discontinue, and people are probably screaming at their radios right now, but there was something <laughs> that you guys had made 
that was so good and well loved. And I think that maybe it was Baker's. Maybe the room. Something about you guys. Oh, got it. It's old granddad one fourteen. The rumor was you were going to stop making old granddad 114 and instead bottle a cash strength version of, of Basil Hayden's. Is that, oh, has that oh. ever been talked about or is that just the internet going nuts? No, I, I don't know. I, I know we're still making 114. Yeah. Yeah. And it was awesome. I but. mean, honestly, I've, I worked on that brand way, way back in the day. And I think what it was, we were out of 114 for a while. Probably people panicked. And I think people panicked and then rumors started and that's where probably got started. We were out for a while because of the juice. We needed the juice for old granddad. We needed the juice for the, the juice, basil. not the Jews. Just the juice. Yeah. Juice. Did I say juice? The juice. No. We so need the, all the juice. Yeah, the, no, I, the, I think that was the rumor is that, that uh, you guys were going to do away with old granddad 114 and instead do a, a cash drink version yeah. of, of basils. But I, You know, it wouldn't – that. We've done so many different things with basil, but I haven't heard that. I, I think that that could start at some point, but um, people don't realize the strength of the olds, the old overholts, the old granddads. Oh, really? And from somebody, on fire. For somebody who's worked oh, in the field. awesome. Man. Just a I mean, solid pour. Honestly. Yeah. Um, how, well, how, how old is it? Do we know? It's a blend of. I'm not old, sure. You may be. Old granddad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old granddad used to be one of the oldest whiskeys on the shelf when I started working on it. Sure. It was a six-year-old. I do not believe it's a six-year-old anymore. I believe it's between a five, a four, and a five-year-old. Um, but it was a six-year-old from the nineties. Yeah, we couldn't sell enough whiskey. I mean, we had so much whiskey. Sure. Right. Um, but the good thing that's happening with the olds, like you know, old Overholt, right? Yeah. Yes. So we're actually. I don't know if I can say this. Go for it. No one listens. Yes. <laughs> and this time, everyone's going to listen, and I'm going to get fired. But um, <laughs> we've hired somebody who's going to work together with. Um, the Overholt Foundation in Pennsylvania to start to create um, whiskeys made from those heirloom rye. Oh, sure. So well, it'll be uh, the true. I'm not as well versed on rye, but is this the Mahaga? Monagahela. Monagahela. Is that what yes. it is? Yeah. Yes. And I went on a, if you ever have the chance, and we have to do this at some point, you have to do the, um, the um, Whiskey Rebellion Tour. So a gentleman by the name of Bradford Lawrence who now runs the old uh, Overholt brand, uh, does a, a Whiskey Rebellion tour, and you start off in uh, Pittsburgh, and you go uh, south of the city, and you start at the first town, where, or you start where the first shot was fired for the Whiskey Rebellion, and you take the tour to the different towns where the what rebellion took you, and you go to the lawyer's house. And sure. It is the most extraordinary thing. You end up at the, the old Overholt Museum, where you learn about Henry Frick, who was his son-in-law, who ended up running the steel with Rockefeller. I think it was. Sure. So it, it is the most extraordinary time of our history, this whole whiskey rebellion. Yeah. All and of the whiskey, everything in the whiskey world, it, it, the but you history think it's, is what's so fascinating it's so rich to about me. It, yeah. so rich. But you think it's just Kentucky, but we forget there's this everywhere. other no. side in Pennsylvania all, yeah. and in Maryland where the Calverts were, mm -hmm. Lord Calvert Distillery. So I have all the archives from the National Distillers, and um, there's pictures of the distilleries from pre-Prohibition. Um, and there was one right there in Maryland, the National Distillers, where we made, I think it was, uh, my Lord, it wasn't Old Granddad, Spring, Spring Hiller, I forget the name. Sure. But there was all these brands that, that we have, like Old Granddad, we can trace the first trademark to 1832. 
it's it's incredible. Now the beams, they aren't real good at paying taxes. So let's just say maybe we didn't have a lot of trademarks until after 1900. Sure. Um, where National Distillers, they were incorporated a long time ago in Old Overholt and um, even Knob Creek, the, the first brand on Knob Creek was out before pre-prohibition. Oh, I didn't know that. That brand name was owned by us. Mount Vernon, which is now uh, George Washington's home, is a brand name that's owned by National Distillers, now owned by Beam. Which is cool. I just hope someday we have a chance to taste those whiskeys sure. that are being in, in aged Winville right there. Doing it now. So um, yeah, all the distillers are mixing their spirits, as I understand it. It's like a blend. Um, and at one point, the first year that they did something at Mount Vernon, we we did a special package for them. But the fact is, it's an industry thing, and I think we should, as an industry, come together more come often. Come together, yeah, and do I'm more stuff together because. There's space for everybody. Let's all enjoy but that's this what moment. About right, is is coming together. That's exactly right. Legions, East and West. It's when you bring Japan together with Kentucky, and honestly, that's never been done before. And it only could happen with Fred, because he's the kind of guy who's naturally curious. He wants to know how Shinji does what he does. And if you know Shinji Fukuyu, he's the blender. The guy has had the same lunch for the past twenty-five years. Because he doesn't want to change the way his palate tastes. So he has the same exact lunch every day at the exact same time. So he's able to keep to a standard. That's a really interesting fact I don't think is widely known about Shinji. He is an extraordinarily disciplined, talented man. And what he loves what about... What a boring lunch, I got to tell you. <laughs> I he love likes it. I love nachos. I hope it's something fun, not like a he had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich twenty years ago and no, now he's stuck no, to no. it. No, no, I think I think it's uh, ramen. Um, noodles. Yes, noodles. But I do believe that he he is such a, a student of his craft that he wants to keep it perfect. And there's only been five master blenders, so he's not going to screw this up. Um, where <laughs> I think Fred loves that discipline in him. And wants to understand more about that. Uh, For his own craft. Yeah, Fred is different. Um, and now his son is very much into that blending and loves the idea of what Shinji does. That hasn't been Fred's thing. Fred has always tinkered with the distillation process, sure. right? And um, the idea of the difference in, in proof at distillation or at bottling or temperature of fermenters or the yeast yield, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff lights his world on fire. Where little Fred is uh, has to know that, but he really is into the flavors. Excuse me, sorry. So Legion is the one that actually allowed us to get that knowledge shared between the two. And is that going to be a wide release, or is it going to be limited like the book? Wide release, it? yeah. So like the Toki, yes, like Toki. It should. The idea was is that we, and I hope I'm speaking yeah. for the, this market. We've priced it accessibly. So that people can experience the idea of Japanese blending with a bourbon whiskey. What's the price? It's going to be right in the mid thirties, forty, oh, yeah, right, right in there. Yeah, so yeah, basilish. It's in the basil price range. Sure, but it is a different. I wish we would have brought a bottle, don't but you don't it. have it yet. Don't have yeah, it. I know. And I can only carry one bottle in my bag. We're yeah. usually um, this market as a whole is usually sees everything last. So <sighs> right in the like, I get so excited for Karchus every year. Oh, from Lafroy yes. Karchus. And uh, I, I remember last year we were expecting it in September or something. It showed up in December and we were like, God. <laughs> like they had already 
submitted the label approval for the next year's carts. So we're still waiting on the current years. It's uh, th- it's not y'all's fault. It's it's the way the our stupid three tier, four tier system four-tier works. Four tier system, so. yeah. Yes, I'm still learning. Well, Le- Legion yeah. will be here in the next probably what's today? Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. about a week. Oh, yeah, it's coming soon to a theater near you. If you can, uh, if you can let me know what theater shows up first, I'll I be will. happy to. <laughs> happy AMC, to talk about AMC it on the, forty. Happy to talk about it on the show here. Yeah, right. you can um, you can guess which theater it'll probably show up first. Oh yeah, yeah, so. big theater. Big theater, big eight hundred pound gorilla theater. <laughs> That's very emotional. Um, so <laughs> it's the booze. Um, yes, Chris, of course. So, so <laughs> I didn't say who it was. I didn't say who it was. Um, so let's get to the Knob Creek. I'm excited. All right. Let's so, talk about this package redesign. This is my favorite brand. This package design, um, obviously, is simplifying the label, making it easier to read. And uh, calling out the small batch and the hundred proof. I think the matte proof paper label was a is a nice step up. I think it, it's just it it's nice. something about it just is a clean, kind of a classic look, you know. Yeah, I think they felt that the other look was somewhat dated. Yeah, I didn't, of course. I mean, I could see what you're saying. But <laughs> <laughs> this is this is cleaner. This is, I think, speaks more to the liquid, because I think the last label. We allowed it to be understated and allowed it to be, you know, come discover me. Sure. Where this is actually is appealing. Yeah. Someone may look at this and say, I really like this versus the other one that almost dared you to like it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to like me or you're not. So, so this is not a, uh, a gotcha question, but I'm, I'm simply curious. I know yeah. small batch is not regulated, but I, if I remember correctly, I remember reading, I think Booker's is a blend of 300-ish barrels, give or take. And Knob Creek's a small batch as well. Is that a? Do we know what? You know what, how many barrels go into that? I can't tell you how many barrels, but I would tell you that um, it is distilled at a lower proof. So there are Knob Creek barrels, and you can go down to the distillery and see those barrels. Oh um, no, I've definitely seen. I'm like yeah. you know, like I said, we bought a bunch of them. They're oh, that's fantastic. Right. Well, you've, you've had those, right? So one thing we've talked about in this show, particular about you guys, is you guys are putting out like consistently. A hundreds of barrels a year that are 13, 14, 15 year old not yes. barrels for 40 bucks. Like, it's a ridiculously but it's good. It's not to a lot of people. I mean, honestly, it's only in the big picture, it only goes to the single sure. barrel program. Sure. So. But, but just the fact that you guys do it, it like, it's an indication mm-hmm. that you guys have a, a lot of like this great. We love under- what we do. Yeah. We don't have a lot of it, I'll be honest with you. We do not. Did you just pour it in here? I did pour it in there. Oh, it smells incredible. So, this is my favorite. Oh. I mean, outside of Kathleen's batch. This is my favorite. You know, I've never tasted it. Knob Creek? No, Kathleen's. Oh, well, we will be tasting that today. But this oh, yeah. this is Woo-hoo. whiskey. That is spice. The way you used, it used to be, the way it was meant to be. This is true Kentucky bourbon. And so for me, this takes me to the Kentucky sunsets. It takes me to back to the early 90s when I... Had to go work at the distillery to learn how to make whiskey because Booker felt that it was important that I understood what went into the bottle. I know this may seem like a dumb question, but you still live in Kentucky. You did? No, 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 no. I'm no. asking you. Do, do you do, still no, live? No, no, no. I live in Chicago. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I know you'd mentioned the de-icing thing was a bit of a nightmare. But that was coming out of Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had a. And now she's here with quite, quite the hectic. Degrees. Yeah. But I how great you, does it feel right now? I made him sit outside for. Lunch I mean, you can't breathe anything. Like, <laughs> she goes, "Do you need a jacket?" I went, "No, I'm okay." I was so happy to be outside. It was so freaking it's, cold. It's a hug. It's a warm hug. It is a warm hug. Yeah. And it makes me question why I'm in the Midwest. 
with the exception that it's central to everything. And I do travel a lot. Now, well, so. O'Hare is, you know, a hub. I got to tell you, I can go anywhere. I can be up in Toronto. I can be down in Florida. So it's it's a good thing. But let's go back to our Knob Creek. So Knob Creek is named for the childhood home of Abraham Lincoln. And I actually went to his home when it was still a museum in Knob Creek, Kentucky. Uh, that was in 93. And um, I really felt like this was the true roots of, of America. This is not for the bourbon virgin, right? This is whiskey that is the way it was at the turn of the century when it was 100 proof. This is maybe pre-turn of the century. This is straight from the barrel. That's when it would come down the Mississippi and end sure. up in uh, wherever, uh, New Orleans, whatever. It's a big a punch in, in the face, yeah. In in a good way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, it's all I love. wouldn't say it's the punch in the face that – it's it's the pleasant punch in the face. It's the Chuck Norris of bourbons. I mean, it's – It is the <gasps> – It's the <laughs> – Jesus, you keep coming up with a good thing. Chuck Norris of bourbon. Okay. You got one for this one? For Knob Creek? This oh, is John Wayne Bourbons, right? This is wow. a true man, the true West. It's fantastic. Uh, it's Knob, the, Knob Creek is such a cla- – you know, there's a thing with Diageo the they do with their scotches. They call it their classic, classic malts, malts of Scotland. Yeah. This is classic bourbon. You know, this is classic American bourbon right here. This is – if I were to recommend any bourbon for, let's just say, an old-fashioned, this is the whiskey that's got the right backbone – that you can add a bit of sugar, you can add a touch Oh, it's a great old-fashioned. Punches through. Yeah. It punches through. Oh, I love it's it. So and, good. You, and you could put the fruit. You don't have to have the fruit. Right. You could just do the lemon peel. It all depends on what you like. The other one that I wanted you to taste okay. is the Knob Creek Rye. Okay. Now, it is 100 proof, but it's so different. That I just wanted great. you to experience it. 100 not bad. It. I think you think that I'm like all about the high <laughs> proof. No, no, I know the high proof. Believe me, hundred proof. I go great. out and talk with with bartenders, and they need a higher proof whiskey to, to stand up to today's to cocktails. Punch through. Yeah, the yeah. punch through, yeah, exactly. Right. And so, I hundred percent agree with you. I just love this rye, but it is very different from Knob Creek base, and so totally. I think it can be, it can be very different to some who are used to that sweet. I'm gonna. Can I pour this in there? Yeah. Can I? Uh, no, but he's got to finish his first. I'm about to finish mine. No, no, go ahead. You, you could dump that. Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to dump my glass. I'm not going to drink mine. So um, there was speculation a couple years ago when Kentucky Owl Rye Batch 1 came out that it was Beam. It was Beam Rye. Kentucky what? You know K- Kentucky Owl Batch 1? Okay. Kentucky, yeah. Owl Batch, Kentucky Owl Rye Batch 1. Okay. So like two years ago, Kentucky Owl came out with a rye. Mm-hmm. It's 13 years old. Okay. Everybody was saying it's uh, – it might have been 11 years old. Okay. Um. Everyone was saying that it's Beam. Beam was vehemently denying it. But then I had a discussion with uh, our dear friend, Adam Harris, great guy. Mm-hmm. And um, Adam goes, there's one particular scenario in which it could be Beam. And that was, you know, 10 years ago, nobody was drinking the stuff. And it got right. sold off to brokers. And the brokers have been sitting on it for X amount of years. It finally gets to the point that it's 11 years old. You know what I mean? And, and by that point, there's no way to know. In the old times, we distilled for a lot of people, and we would distill based on their specifications. So it may have come from us, but it may not have been our recipe. So I don't want to pretend to own their recipe. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would say that – Oh, get that bourbon in your hands. Even at one point, Pappy Van Winkle, we were holding their whiskey for them. And always, whenever I see Pappy, I'm like, 
I think maybe Jinping, just 21 years old. Yeah. Which is like. What's the oldest thing that you guys have distilled? I know there were some 16 and 30 year old batch. Uh, sure. We had um, in the distiller's masterpiece at the turn of the century in 2000, 2001, we had um, an 18 year old um, port finish and then a 20 year old sherry wow. finish. But those were super limited. We did them just for the turn of the century. It was for our CEO at the time, Barry Barish. And um, I have one bottle in my basement because I did those. And um, What was it called? Distiller's Masterpiece. Oh, it was the original Distiller's Masterpiece. Sure. <laughs> you have one? Oh, you you hold on to that? I, I had no idea it. what an investment spirits are. Oh, dude. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, I got how much stuff Facebook in my basement. Play a role in that. <laughs> I'm like I've got Jacob's Well. Remember Jacob's Well? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Jacob's Well. That sure was did. a good. That's whiskey. still going for. That's going for some. I know, and bottles. I still have some bottles in my basement because that was another one of mine. That how we, many bottles do you have in your house? I have six. Guess. Oh, of that? No, no, no. Oh, of to, no total amount of bottles in I your house. I got a lot of bottles. Five hundred. No, I don't have five hundred. I have teenagers. Well, not anymore. I have one eighteen-year-old. My my son, my young, my older one. He's now twenty-three. When he was in high school. Drank my Booker's 10th anniversary. Oh, my God. With his friends in my basement. And mixed it with Coke or I something. I was going to say with I Coke cried. or Pepsi or I something. I cried. Just for the four children you have or three. Yeah, yeah. Know that this is coming. So I have a theory about that, but, you, but you've but you worked in the industry long enough that yeah. that you might automatically disprove my theory. What? I, so I grew up in a very Pentecostal household. Oh. Super religious. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> not just – well, actually, I never rebelled. My mom was very reasonable. She was also the black sheep in her family because she was not super, super religious. Yeah, you know, right. my, my mom was very normal, very level-headed. Love it. And I, and I loved it. I felt like I had a very level yeah. head. My cousins, my other family, all like super, super religious, yeah. very anti-everything. And of course, when they turn 18, 19, 20, there's mm-hmm. a lot of drinking and, and partying. Party and like, hard, just yeah. a crazy opposite, right? Yeah. yeah. And because of the last few years and everything with the Whiskey Social and, and the show and we our, our kids, uh, we, we have about 600 models at the house, but it's got to the point where it's I have a booker shelf, you and that's I, I didn't just make that so up. See the different batches, yeah. So I've got a shelf on top wow. of our bookshelf, it's out in the open, there's no lock or anything on it, but there's there's a you know 15 different or ah, there's probably 12 different bookers. I've wow. got some backups in the in the storage, you know, right. uh, but. We they're around it so much they don't even notice it anymore. And it's they like also food or anything know else. It's special to you, and I think at the time my kids did not mm-hmm. know it was special to me. It was just it was in a cabinet in the basement by my pictures because sure. I was saving it. Sure. And uh, well, we're cutting this part out too, right? Yes. Okay. We are. So so let's 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 move back. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. Yeah. let's suck <laughs> it back over. After. Suck yeah. it back over. Okay. Um. But the uh, let me write that down too. Uh, yeah, I, I just think I think that if you if you grow up around it for the most part, uh, I, I think I think it's possible. Yeah. To normalize things in a in a reasonable way, a way. that they don't that they don't think my 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 sons too. And besides popping me in the mouth, <laughs> he he doesn't. Uh, his focus, my, my son's whole life right now is two things. He loves sticks, right? We've mm-hmm. got a Harry Potter wand that he loves oh, to yeah. point at people, and and when he got his first pop gun. 
his little, oh, yeah. like, you know, we didn't give him the pop part, but just the gun thing. He, yeah. he, he loves to, you know, that's his whole life. He doesn't give a crap about no. my Booker's collection or whatever. But, you know, it, you know, I grew up in a, my mom's European shrimp from Europe and I've had alcohol around me my whole life when I was a little kid. And, and, and now I have a, I have a 26 year old, 24 year old, 22 year old. And I am sure they have got in the liquor cabinet one time or another. I don't, I can't prove it. Sure. No, they've never come out and told me, not yet. Sure. But um, it's not been a big deal because yeah, they've been yeah. around their whole life. I've, if they've, what's that, Dad? You know I'd what that is? There's this, Europe, the, the way Europeans look at, at alcohol is so different than Americans. Oh, absolutely. That, that I think is, is what we should be looking at it in that way. Uh, we were at, actually, it's in Kentucky. There's a big push in Kentucky right now okay. to, um, change the drinking culture and when you go to all these different known bourbon bars in kentucky mm -hmm. or, or places even a few distilleries there's signs there's this one famous sign uh that that's at all these locations that just talk about changing the drinking culture it doesn't have to be a party it doesn't have to be to get drunk it, right. it's this is this tastes amazing it's a treat it's a it's a flavor experience it's a it's it's like it's a food. food group it's a food group it's a food group and and I like that. we it's what it is. I think if as Americans, if we weren't so in such a rush to automatically demonize things and cause those backlash, that yes. that reversion to to mm -hmm. rebel. Right. If you normalize things and teach people, not everything's a big deal. Like just just moderation and everything. Absolutely. Moderation, moderation in fast everything. food. Moderation and our kids don't eat fast food. I mean. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I take that back. Chick Fil A is a, a godsend, but um, the uh, yeah, I just it's it's an interesting yeah. thing. So I don't I don't remember how we got on the subject, but oh, you you mentioning you have all these little gems in your basement. I'm I like, do, I, yeah. I bet you got a little mini museum down there. That's probably I've got some good stuff, and it's just I look at it, and once in a while, I have a bottle of um, cider that Booker made in I think 1998. Whoa. That he would make at the Booker No plant. Sure. Because he would alter the Booker No plant to do this once a year. And it's the coolest thing. And someday I want to open it, but I know I can't because uh, I'll, I'll lose anything that's special. And you know it won't last. Well, How old are your kids? Uh, 23 and 18. So wait, wait for a wedding. That's uh, a great idea. Yeah. So I, I've got a bottle from Prohibition, a medicinal bottle. That I'm saving for when each kid hits 21. That's cool. Just a reason to kind of introduce them into yeah. into and 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 I'm thinking if their first drink, their first legal drink of alcohol, yeah. hopefully their first drink ever uh, of yeah, alcohol, right. is something special and a piece of history that it might start their journey as adults in a different, in a way. different way. That's my thought. I uh, love that. Whereas me. If any of you guys are local to Houston, there was this place called the Chantilly Room, which is just an old dive. Everything smells like cigarettes. And <laughs> that was my 21s. I didn't like that. And it's something I've refused to go back to. So I think you could introduce kids to little gems and pieces. Of, I mean, Brandy. I mean, he made Brandy in 20 years ago. It's That's got to be special, right? It's, it's going to be incredible when it happens. And I, I think that leads us to another piece when we think about brands like Booker's. Um, the thing that Booker tried to, to teach me when I first started, and I was young, um, I was out of college, was to understand the process behind it, understand the history of what you're talking about, understand sure. the people. I mean, he made me stand on the floor. There were, there were no computers and wait for the temperature to get to a certain level on the cooker to drop rye because he wanted me to understand what it took. 
that it wasn't it wasn't a mechanical thing that it wasn't there was a art push of a button it. yeah and so i think that if we help people understand that this is more of an art this is part of our history our collective history they'll see it as less a high proof low proof product and they'll see it as a classic image of our past or sure. what our future is and so that's when when i taste bookers i think about that i think about the smells that we get when near as we were talking about in the warehouse in the warehouse the, yeah. when you're driving up it's cooking the room look. Yeah. it's all look when you look down the hills or when you look up at the knobs uh, in kentucky that's what's special about it and if we could just teach people that if we can just sure. get them away from the the concept of it's high proof it means this. See, I think an argument yeah. could also be made, and, and this isn't to, to, to dog on cocktail makers. Obviously, yeah. we know that a lot of brands, you're built in a bar, the yes. cocktail scene, and the importance of the cocktail scene. I get that. Yeah. But I kind of look at drinking whiskey the way that I think most people should learn how to drive, and that's on stick. Right? So I think <laughs> when my kids are old enough to drive, I think they should learn to drive stick shift first. Yes. And I think they should be brought up experimenting and drinking mm-hmm. with straight because you're sipping it you're not shooting it it's a much slower process this one little half ounce pour could last me a good 15 minutes right you know what i mean with cocktails you kind of forget sometimes it just doesn't always punch Mm -hmm. through there's a lot of times you're just getting a lot of sugar flavors right Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're like crap i had three i'm done yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, so i I think there's nothing wrong with cocktails i love a good cocktail but i think what i I really in my mind as as a you know coming up as a younger drinker Mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm not that young. I'm 31. I'm I'm, I'm old, but the the mm. <laughs> mm. but but the idea of of the drinking culture in in America is hundreds of years old. Yes, and all the the bad stuff, you know. And we, I think, we are moving towards a more positive drinking culture. I think it, things aren't the mentality around alcohol is a lot more reverent than it than it, it used to be. I agree, and and I I think it's a good thing. It's a so, it's a knowledgeable base. <clears throat> Um, even, even young people understand, you know, the bookers are straight from the barrel. Uh, what we still can't get people to understand is that it's not meant to be sip straight with bookers. I mean, today we're going to taste 127.4 proof. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. I know. It's great. But Booker, the whole thing I always wanted to explain to people is that he made this so that no one would tell him the proof to drink his whiskey. He would choose the proof that he'd drink his whiskey. And, I made that argument. And Y'all he, like to choose my own. Yeah, I, I don't want somebody to tell me. Um, right now, we're telling you, you drink this at eighty proof. You drink this at hundred. Yeah, you proof. don't have a choice. Yeah. This one, you've never had water touch it. So when it goes in the glass, it is as if it came straight out of the barrel. It, and there's nothing else like it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you just nose that while we talk here. Okay. So this is Kathleen's batch, and it's six years, three months. And we selected it out of, um, as you know, there's, you've got your Booker's collection at home, right? Yep. So everybody's got a different taste. Tommy's batch from the year before, Tommy Kruman was our distillery manager. You know, he had a different taste that he liked. Me, I knew what I liked, and it was all those flavors that I remembered from nineteen mid-1900s. <laughs> no, 19, <laughs> 1990s, that I remembered that was the true smell of bourbon, that caramel, the vanilla. Um, And it was the fifth and sixth floor level. You know, out of a nine-floor rack house, it's the majority that comes from that center cut where the temperature and humidity are perfect 
to create a great taste. So I put my nose in the glass. That is beautiful. For me, it's beautiful. Now, obviously, I may be a bit biased. Yeah, it's your batch. How did that come about? You know, it was... Uh, I mean, you and, and we haven't talked about this yet, but you're a Bourbon Hall of Famer, I, right? I am. My was God. it 2015? 2015. Yeah. yeah. I was lucky enough to, to have that honor. And it was working 15 years with the Beam family um, and continuing with brand education. So I worked brand education around the world. And uh, so it was it was very, very exciting from a girl from Chicago, a child of immigrants, being accepted into this very small world of Kentucky distillers. So it was wonderful. How many people are in the Bourbon Hall of Fame? <clears throat> I don't know, but I think I was like the fifth woman. Yeah, not 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 It wasn't many. a lot. Um, I was the second woman from Beam. The first was Margie Samuels. Margie. Uh, who is Bill <clears throat> Samuels' mother. Um, you've met Bill, obviously. He's been on your show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she knew that. Mm. I did. I did know Bill was on your show because Bill is the cat's pajamas. Oh man, uh, he's a talker. I loved it. He, he's got the stories. My God, every time I hear he he talks, he's got a new story, <laughs> and awesome. I love that. I love that. He's awesome. But uh, yeah, I just called him because we had uh, International Women's Day, and I did a, an event featuring Margie Samuels, and I called him to say, <clears throat> "I need you to tell me about your mom. <clears throat> tell me more about what she was like, and um, you know what she did that was." great what she did that wasn't so great you know tell me what she's like as a human being and he must have gone on for a half hour about his mother and it was it was wonderful because she was both perfect and flawed you know she was aren't we all yes she she would create this great package and the lettering on the package and the dipping and all that kind of stuff uh but she was such a perfectionist, nothing was ever good enough. So she w could not enjoy it to the level that she should have enjoyed it. And so I, I just think that um, there's so much of that that we all have in our lives. And I just love to hear that, and as much as she's an icon in this industry, she's like the rest of us. And there are pieces of us that will never be perfect. And I, I, I have so much respect for what she was able to achieve. She had a degree. She graduated with a degree in chemistry in 1933. If you could believe that, she started woman, in 1933. Yeah. when you were going to be a nurse or a teacher. That was just after prohibition, too. Secretary or a secretary. Yeah, right. Well, a secretary was even. I mean, but the fact was, the the market <clears> crashed, <throat> and she went to college for chemistry. Wow. She was a kick ass lady. I I just think the world of her. So I'm hoping I channel her as we talk about this bourbon because um. She really loved her whiskey. She loved her whiskey with ginger ale. Now, what Booker always wanted to do was create a whiskey that you choose how you drink it. And so he would drink his whiskey straight, of course, because he liked straight whiskey. But at lunchtime, he'd do two ounces of Booker's to four ounces of water. Because he'd say, why would you flavor your water with tea leaves if you can flavor it with with bourbon? Which I thought was always a good argument. Can so, I see the bottle there? Yes, you can. Oh. You know, I, I brought a bottle for you to sign, but I don't... Didn't bring anything you to sign with. Do you have a marker? I have one in my car. Yeah, I've got. If one. you get my I've, backpack, yeah, I got one in my car too. We'll figure it out. I, I always carry one with me. But this, do you like that? I'm just curious I, I to hear, yeah. as a person who drinks the very best whiskey. There's, there's been very, there's been a couple of Booker's batches. I just, I was wasn't blown away by the first one that ever hooked me was No Secret. 
Oh. That one was, and that <laughs> that was the roundtable batch that Adam participated in on. Oh, yeah. and I didn't know that at the time. I just loved it, and that was my first like, oh my gosh, this is blowing me away. And so I, I have like a case of that. Oh, you do. Um, and I've picked them up every center cut. Oh yeah, center cut. Um, Blue Nights. Blue Nights is yeah, good. Yeah. Blue Nights is good. Front porch. Um, Did you try front porch? I, I think I have a front porch. And what was the one with the oven on it? Oven Buster. Uh, yeah, but I haven't opened it. I'm going to open them. They look so good on the shelf, though. I, it's, you're torn between – listen, uh, no. I'm not a collector. I'm a drinker. No, but, I know. But, I know. But while you're waiting to get to that, it's sitting up there and it's looking real real damn good. I'm holding <laughs> I'm holding a lot of them. At, uh, we have a bar at the office and I'm holding a lot of them there because I do believe there's going to come a time when we want to do a flight tasting. And when Tommy selected his batch, he had been making whiskey for 30 years. So his palate was very different than mine. Mine was a – a beautiful vision of what I thought bourbon was, and it came from aromas. Sure, his oh, was from, comes from working at the distillery, and it's intense. Aromas are where I'm locked yeah. in at. I, I can't. Yeah. If something's got a great nose on it, I can't walk away from it. It's I know. so perfect. I'm going to add some water to this because is me, this the fourth segment? Yes, this is. Oh wow, that flew by. Is it bad? It's the end of the. It's the end of the show. Done? Yeah, we got two minutes left. Two minutes. Okay, we better make it count. Mm, yeah. What, what are we, you tell me what you want to cover. Shots. No, I'm just kidding. Well, yeah. Um, I, boom. I think I've been doing those already. <clears throat> What's the price point noticed. on the rye? Uh, this rye? Yeah. Oh, boy, you're going to catch me on the spot 36. here. 36. Did uh, we yeah, see I, it? I, I, we see. It's it all with 36. 35. Yeah, 35 for the 40. Oh, we'll 35. Call it that. Okay. 35 to 40, depending on where you're going. <laughs> Great price point. Yeah. Yeah. I, listen, I, I, I've been a big supportive you guys i'd love to see you take some of your notes and turn them into a next batch that i saw bedside bottle is a great name for i a love Booker's the release. bedside of bottle i um, think that is chantilly room is another great <laughs> there's I, a lot of great new bookers chuck batches norris of <laughs> bourbon chuck norris i'm telling you well when we do the bedside bottle you'll have to come to the uh, well, round table he's here in texas right chuck norris says he lives here he lives here yeah yeah, yeah. so you you're Just, gonna have to get us approved on that heck one. yeah, yeah. man I don't think he'll. I listen. So well, would that be awesome? It would be. It'd be a lot of fun. That'd be. And he's not a drinker, though. That's a no. Problem. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he might have a problem. He's with that. very religious. I, st- I think bedside bottle is, uh, is, is a where great it's name. At, yeah. Bringing in the spirits. I mean, so what? Religious. We've got a couple minutes left. Yeah. I want to ask you specifically the process for these for these roundtables. Yes. I know we probably should have asked this about a segment and a half ago. But no worries. We were enjoying each other. That's right. So, uh, what's the process for these these tables? Who is included in the roundtables? Who gets selected for the roundtables? What was your process for yours? You got some input, and they they said, "Hey, we want to do a batch based off of you." And you said, "Shit, yeah, let's do it." <laughs> Rock on. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a call from Fred in December, and he said, uh, "Kathleen, how would you like to have the first batch of 2018 named for you?" And of course, after I was done screaming, I said, "You okay? Here." Yeah, I'm okay. Water. Same thing. Not the wrong pipe. It's okay. Did you uh, did you cry? Did you, you get of emotional? Course I cried. Yeah, I, I was like a baby. But I, I'm not going to say that. I, I cried on the phone. Then I cried to my mom. And then I cried to my boys. It, it, it is something. It's like the Bourbon Hall of Fame where it's a validation of your life's work. And sure. there's nothing. You haven't been asking for it, but it's nice that it's acknowledged. Oh, my God. It's, it is a godsend. So I, I said absolutely. And we got together in, G- in January of the year. And he gave me three samples. And I said, what do you like? And he goes, I'm not telling you what I like. You need to decide what you like. So I took it home and I sat with it in my jammies in my living room and I laid the three out 
And I just swirled and sniffed and swirled and sniffed, and I decided what I liked. And then we had the round table. Now, the round tables, in the case of Kathleen's batch, it was not my my choice. Um, but it was great. They brought in people from the media, and it was uh, folks that uh, people like Adam know. Had Fred Minnick ever participated in any of the round I tables? I believe Fred has, yes. Yeah. Well, um, what an honor. He wasn't mine. I'm mine, but um, Paul Packold was on my panel, and I've worked with Paul since 19, the mid-90s because he did tours with us. Well, I'm technically Booker. a member of the media, so if there's, yeah, a, you if are. there's a round table, I'll fly to Kentucky. Well, I'm there the, three times a year. When the bedside bottle comes out. <laughs> and Chuck Norris. And Chuck, well, I, I, I <laughs> doubt that Chuck Norris will ever happen, but bedside bottle is certainly an opportunity. Um, so, whoops, when I went to the, um, when we did the tasting, uh, we had everybody select. And... Um, Oddly enough, we did we did a blind voting, and they selected the same one I selected. Oh, nice! Which was lucky, and it was not even more validation fixed at all. Yeah, uh, that's secret I, validation. That was super validation. I was so scared it was not going to be the one I picked because my heart was set on that one. Um, not that the other two were bad, but I know what you're saying. When there's sure. one that just doesn't, you know, when it's the right one, and you did you when you were going through your barrel selection. Yeah, when you smell it, you're like, this is it. This is it. And um, they found the same thing. There, there was one other sample that was very good. Um, I selected sample B. Most people selected B. There was some votes for C, and C was good. And I did keep a bottle of C, just that's, so I see, have that's, it. That's the stuff I like. I like those little. Yeah. I this wasn't selected for anything. It's just a little time capsule in a moment, and just a little. This you know, could have been. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it wasn't. What, what if it's the what if bottle? Yeah. yeah. And that what if bottle um, didn't happen, but. This did, and you happy with it? The uh, the the little uh, hills there are the hills and valleys of our lives because we all have hills and we all have valleys, and that represents my twenty eight years at Beam, where it it is and it it is a journey, and um, it That's was awesome. special. So I'm, I'm glad you like it. Oh, I'm a fan. It's very good. Please have more. That's one thing. Absolutely, it's one thing I love about. Um, you guys are showcasing that six-year-old bourbon can be damn good. Oh, from the most years. Well, it all depends on where you pull it from. It really comes down to that. And the I believe the C was an older product, but it didn't have the nose. Older doesn't make it better. Nope. Uh, definitely does not make it better. A lot of people think older is better. It's it wasn't until I did true. it blind that I understood that. It had to do, and Fred tried to explain this to me, there's so many different variations that affect the end product that you can't say it's one thing. It is not just age. It is not just proof. It is not just the, the cereal grain you're it's using. It's everything, yeah. It's everything. It's a combination. So, They're all chefs. <coughs> They're all master chefs. Master, there's a million saying, right yeah. answers, but yeah. this was the right answer for mm -hmm. me. A cake is not a cake without all the ingredients. Mm -hmm. My lord. Man, I'm now I'm going to have to write guys. that again. Cake is a cake. Cake is Not a cake. A Great name for a bottle. Cake is a cake. And with that, we've got to go. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you Kathleen so much. Thank you. 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 Th